Bangor Worldwide has been promoting and supporting World Mission for over 85 years. Our podcasts are free of charge. You can find out more about us at www.worldwidemission.org. We hope you enjoy this talk. And Julie didn't tell you that I am five foot three and I was dead nervous when I was sitting down there because I kind of thought I'd be like peeping over, but I'm actually fine, so hello. <laughs> um, I graduated from university a couple of years ago and I'm a bit of a geek. So I was really terrified of getting bored during the summer months. Um, so I gave myself a research project, which I know makes me sound really sad, and it's okay if you haven't done that in your life ever. Um, so I saw the movie Amazing Grace, um, which is about the life of William Wilberforce. Hands up if you've seen it. I can't actually see you, but I hope some hands are up. If you haven't seen it, I recommend it. So I saw that movie, and it's all about the abolition of slavery in the 19th century and what that looked like. Um, and after having seen the movie, I read some more books. Um, I went online and read some more stories, and I found out, actually, that there are more slaves today than there ever have been. The conservative estimate places the number of people enslaved worldwide at 27 million um, human trafficking is a new term for modern-day slavery because um, people who are enslaved are very, very often transported, you know, either 10 miles or 10,000 miles. Um, so human trafficking is a new term, which hopefully you will have heard of. Can you nod at me if you've maybe read about human trafficking or slavery in the press over the past year? So we have, have, have had increased coverage here. Um, human trafficking is found in 162 countries at the least. Um, it is worth an annual revenue of $32 billion, and so you can see why people get into that. Um, human trafficking, though, if nothing else, is 27 million faces and stories and names. And I don't like the fact that we kind of just throw figures around when we talk about human trafficking, because it's people like you and me who are the same worth as we are, who are faced with a reality that they often say is worse than death. And the first story that really impacted my own story it's a story of a girl called Long Pross, and I'm going to show you um, in a couple of seconds a video of her story, but this story became part of my story and was, I guess, the moment um, for me which um, meant that I just couldn't turn back. So it's hard, um, it's a hard watch, but please stick with it. Um, I promise there's hope at the end. And I hope that her story has impacted yours as well in some way tonight. And what I found then after I had heard Long's story was that I couldn't turn away from the reality of slavery or of human trafficking. Um, and it was something that um, I felt God just press on my heart and it was something that I just couldn't turn away from. I had to find out more. Um, and so through my research I found out that actually there are stories like that of Long's that happen in Northern Ireland right on our streets. We have found in Northern Ireland cases of sex trafficking, like um, what Long has gone through, of forced labour, so people being made to work in um, horrible conditions for little or no pay with no way out, um, cases like that in the agricultural industries that we have here in the fishing industry and in car washes. Um, and also we find cases of domestic servitude, which is where people are made um, to work and are locked up in private homes with, again, no way out. Um, this reality is something that I have um, gone into. It's a very dark reality, and people who work with me, um, we often discuss the fact that we're, we're coming up against a lot of darkness, and what we find is the only reason to look for light, and indeed the only light we find, comes from God. And um, I do bring hope, and I bring stories of hope with this, because 
We have seen Aslan um, being on the move. We have seen tremendous movement in Northern Ireland over the past um, year or so. No More Traffic, as Julie mentioned, is the organization that I work with. Um, and so we started about a year ago and um, have seen politicians come on our side, have seen Women's Aid and Migrant Help make real moves towards um, proper aftercare for victims. We've seen the PSNI really step forward um, and lose nights of sleep over trying to rescue victims. We've seen community groups and church groups and businesses become anti-trafficking and explore what that means. Um, but for us, we can't really stop there. The PSNI make it clear that they can rescue victims. The um, bodies that are contracted with aftercare by the government can take care of victims. But it's up to us as the general public to challenge the culture in which human trafficking is allowed to breathe. Cherry Smiley, who is a Canadian abolitionist, shares a story that was um, handed down to her through Navajo tradition um, from her grandmother, and it was told to her grandmother by her own grandmother. And it's a story of women who were walking along a river, um, and they saw a floating baby floating on, the, on its back down the river. So they went in and rescued it. They took the baby out. They dried the baby off. They cleaned him. Um, they gave him food. And um, over time, they taught him how to swim. But they found that more and more babies were coming up. And so one by one, they would rescue them. And they started this kind of production chain, almost, of aftercare for the babies. And one day, one of the women started to walk upstream, um, and the other woman cried out to her, come back, come back, we need you, we need you to help us rescue these babies. And she said, no, I am a way to find out why these babies are being floated down the river. And so for us, it has been a question of finding out why human trafficking happens, why Long Cross was trafficked, why she was made to face um, such horrific reality. And for us, um, obviously human trafficking operates on a simple business principle of demand and supply. Without demand, there would be no supply of people. And essentially, people have become commodities. We have become things that can be bought and sold over and over and over again. We have lost our worth. And so as we've looked into things, um, I was writing a dissertation um, along the kind of same time that we started on this journey, and I called it Lady Gaga Ate My Children. Now, Lady Gaga is a pop star, and I don't think she's omnivorous, so she has, and I don't have children, so she, that's not true. But um, essentially, it was a dissertation that looked at the influence of the media on children and how they behave and how they think about themselves. And as that kind of research has continued and as I've linked up with a lot of different agencies in Northern Ireland, I have found that um, we've lost, we've completely lost our sense of human worth. And so whether it be in the images we see in the media, the way the media treats Prince Harry when he has a, a mistake or whatever in America, the way um, we view pornography as though it isn't something serious, the way we have eating disorders because we don't think that we're worth anything, the way we treat each other on the phone because, again, we've lost our sense of worth, all of these things point to, in my opinion, a loss of sense of human worth and value in our society today. And for me, human trafficking comes down to that. And we can stop human trafficking this generation, I have no doubt. We can stop the fact that there are victims right now. But unless we challenge the culture, human trafficking will keep happening and keep happening and keep happening because people need to know their worth or it will get worse. And so fixing culture then has become our business, injecting back into culture a sense of worth and a sense of value. And this is where we as Christians have so much to look, um, look at God for and then bring to the world because we have the, the definition, the ultimate definition of human worth. And that is that we were all created by God, given a purpose, given a story and a name and a life. And ultimately the only price that should ever be paid for a human being was paid for us. And so with that, we march on to the battle um, that is fighting human trafficking. And this is the truth and the light that we bring to the situation. 
God is in the business of changing things, and this is what brings me hope. It's difficult to get out of bed some mornings when you work on this kind of stuff because it does seem so bleak, but it is amazing to be able to go and ride behind the king who is storming the castle of something like slavery and something like human trafficking. Um, I know that this was supposed to be a youth night and now it's been opened up and I was going to end with a quote that I am going to end with actually still um, but it refers to our generation and I don't think that that means people of my age I think it means people who are alive on earth right at this moment in time so just listen it's by Shane Claiborne who is an author and speaker that I got the chance to hear last weekend our generation must learn to connect our deepest passions with the world's deepest pain and I hope that tonight you find your passion and find the pain in the world and manage to connect them Thank you.
We trust you've enjoyed this podcast. If you'd like to make a donation to support the work of Bangor Worldwide, please visit www.worldwidemission.org slash donate.